Uh, the American Constitutional Republic. Affairs of State in Oklahoma. The beliefs, principles, opinions, and views of people like you. This is 3D Politics. Featuring creator of Sooner Politics and expert on Oklahoma State Government, David Van. Also joining us every week, founder and scholar at constitutionalgrounds.com, political leader, educational speaker, David Oakville. And of course, me, your director and host of 3D Politics, Tommy McKay. Comedian, political humorist, and father of five, former mayoral candidate. Here we go. we got an exciting show tonight. Cannot believe everybody we've got on the show tonight. It's all about the state GOP chair. Uh, there's a vote April 10th coming up this Saturday. The internal GOP, state GOP chair is up for election tonight. We have Jenny White. Christine Levirafon and John Bennett, all three lined up. The invitation was sent also to Charles Ortega, but we could not uh, find him in time for the show this uh, evening. So I want to tell you who we've got on first tonight. Up first, Jenny White. She's got a master's in biology. Uh, she's worked in advertising, epidemiology. She's a teacher. Uh, she is a co-founder of Reclaiming Oklahoma Parent Empowerment, 12 years grassroots organizing. Uh, she is married, a homeschooler, and currently serving as mayor of Luther, Oklahoma. Let's bring in our first guest, Jenny White. There she goes. Beam her in. Oh, there she is. She made it. <laughs> Poof. There she is. All the tech. All right. We love to work it in. There she is. How was that for an intro, Jenny? We work in. Oh, you couldn't hear that it. That was awesome. Could you hear anything out there? No. You no, I could not. Like I said, purgatory wasn't so bad, like I said. <laughs> All right. So here we go. I, I gave you, I, I, I basically touched base on your bio. Uh, the Oklahoma Parent Empowerment, Mayor of Luther, et cetera, basically the, the bio. And uh, so I want to explore. We'll press you with a couple of questions, the 3D scrutiny, uh, I call it. But basically, what's your motivations uh, for running, your main policy directions and solutions, solutions, solutions? Okay. Um, honestly, I'm running because, um, you know, I, I've spent a lot of years doing grassroots organizing, and it's been kind of inside and outside the party. But one of the things that kind of has frustrated me over the years is that um, there were times when I couldn't, I felt kind of left out of the party. And um, it, it was really interesting because after the 6th, um, January 6th, and we went to um, Washington, D.C., Everything was so upside down. I mean, it, it, I couldn't think straight. I mean, all I did was sit over my phone and read news. I mean, it was bizarre. And I yeah. think I just kind of, I couldn't, I, I know, couldn't even, it was the weirdest time I think I've ever had. And I've had a lot of weird times in 58 years, but that was <laughs> weird. 
And um, then kind of what ended up happening was I sort of started getting my feet back under me. And then I got back into, I thought, you know what, I'm done with this. I'm going to get back into the party and we'll just see how it goes. So I went to my precinct meeting and uh, went to my county meeting. But the, the coolest thing that happened was that um, my friend Rhonda, who I've been friends with for a long time, got the state uh, GOP chair. And then I had another friend that I've worked with in um, Oklahoma County a long time, Galen Stupich, and she got vice chair. And all I could think about was, you know, for once in my life, maybe I wouldn't be on the outside. And so I just thought, you know, if there was ever a time to do it, it felt like now was going to be the time to do it. And it wasn't just, I mean, it wasn't just a foregone, I mean, I didn't just suddenly think of it out of the blue. I mean, no, I didn't right. just, I didn't just come in out of the blue. I mean, I really sat down with the rules and people have laughed at this before, but I, I'm a researcher. I mean, that's kind of what I do. So I sat down with the rules and I wanted to see what the GOP chair did. And I wanted to see if I was actually qualified for the job. So I went okay. through and I looked through and to see what the rules actually said about the job. And I thought, you know, I can do this. I mean, this is what I've been kind of training to do for the past 12 years. And so I thought, you know, I, I want to do this. I feel like now is the time. I feel like it's super important. Um, we, we don't have any time to mess around. I mean, we are so close to being, I mean, you always wonder if we're going to be Venezuela. I mean, at the rate <laughs> we're going, I mean, seriously, look at the gas prices now and you think, are we just this side of Venezuela now. I mean, we have to do something now. Jenny, Just let me let me jump it. in real fast. Sure. As an expert jeweler, I can tell that you have a beautiful piece of uh, jewelry hanging around your neck, but it's also bouncing off of your microphone. Oh, is it? So, I'm so sorry. You'll, you'll want to so just sorry. clutch the pearls or do something okay. that. How about if I do that? That'll help. That you know, help. One way or the other. They just—it's ruining your speech, uh, you know, because we're wanting to hear what you're saying is chingly, so chingly. Uh, okay, so I hear you. So you're running. So tell us when it comes to your policy directions. You, you. In fact, I think I asked uh, somebody the same question uh, last week. What do you? So what is the job of uh, the state GOP chair? What do you think that job is? Well, it's got three parts, and without going into being super geeky about it, basically it's a, to support national, um, statewide elections but also at the precinct level and then also national elections. And, you know, my big thing for years has been grassroots. I mean, that's what I've done for 12 whole years. And I think that, that people don't understand how the party works. Um, they don't understand that the boots on the ground, the people in the precincts are the ones that make everything happen. They're the ones that can get people elected. They're the ones that can find people for, for elected official spots. That's what they do. And I just think that um, my particular policy and what I really am excited about doing is recharging the grassroots by training them, educating them. And when I say educating them, I don't mean, <laughs> I mean, Education some people can't. don't even know how, 
Yeah, I mean, I, some people don't even know how a bill is passed, and I'm not making fun of anybody. No, I did. No, this is this is something. Yeah, you're you're among friends here. This is something that I I went off like a pop bottle rocket uh, the other day with Oldham talking about how you become a state elector, and I was like, I should have learned that in sixth grade. I don't know why I don't know this stuff. How come? I mean, this is like just a month ago. I just learning the civic understanding of how to do it. So I understand what you mean. The the electorate has to be informed. One of the things I like uh, about this uh, uh, season of election right now is so many candidates. It's like, you know, this isn't, we, uh, in my opinion, uh, I, I'm not looking for lockstep agreement on everything. I like the ideas coming in from a number of different places. So tell me about the, I, I know there's a, a bit of contention or whatever about the idea of voting with the Republican brand or uh, voting your conscience. I know that uh, uh, David Oldham had to deal with this as an elector. What's the, and I don't want to, you know, uh, revisit the entire argument, but how do you feel about that concept of voting the brand or voting the conscience? Oh, so we're talking about electors now, at, like in a national election. Well, I mean, I'm just later. again, I'm saying at the at the higher level, is this the kind of thing? I just know that that's been one of the things that's been chided about in the in the uh, social media sphere. This idea. Well, now of we've voting. talked about the. We, there, there has been some contention about the platform, and I don't know where that. I don't know if I misspoke. Honestly, I. When I talk on Zoom, I either feel like I'm Max Headroom or I'm in front of a firing squad. <laughs> like, I, I would rather be in front of a firing squad because at least I know what's coming. So I don't know if I just spoke or something at the at the chairman's thing. I don't know. Because it can I, happen. I, you, I, you do a, I yeah, can't yeah. figure it out because people have been asking me, so you say that we shouldn't follow the platform. I'm like, well, where did that come from? I mean, nah, and I never I'm heard that. For- I, I never heard that. What I heard was it had to do something about uh, and I and it may have may have been specifically about electors being yeah. held to the Republican brand as opposed to voting their conscience. So having to do with electors, it, it reminded me of the David Oldham issue uh, oh, when he well, was an elector. We didn't even anyway. go over that. So it doesn't matter. It was a question. What about either of the Davids? What have you got for our guests here? Question. Go ahead, Oldham. Well, <laughs> hi, Jenny. Um, th- I, I think what hey. Tom, Tom's driving at is is oftentimes we hear, you know, the the whole, uh, you know, true con- true conservative or true Republican versus Rhino, um, and and I think it leads to the question: What do you see as the chairman's job, especially in primaries. Uh, what is your position on, you know, is it to endorse particular candidates or is it something else? What, what well, are, What's your idea on that? Well, you know, that's a really excellent question, but I, and I said this at the forum and I believe this, I do not believe the chairman's job is to endorse in a primary. Mm-hmm. And here's the reason why. To me, that's like, a, you know, we Republicans say that we don't like top-down leadership. I mean, you know, we mm-hmm. like kind of bottom-up leadership. Well, if that's the case, and we're all individuals, then why would I come out and say, you know, well, I feel like you need to vote for so-and-so? Well, to me, that kind of begs the question of has, how do, I, how do other people then 
have their personal opinion and how can the people's voices be heard if the chairman is saying, well, I think we ought to do this, this thing. Mm -hmm. I think that silences a lot of people that I don't think is an appropriate thing. I'm not saying we shouldn't follow the platform. We absolutely should. But I don't see that the chairman's job is to take away the voice of the people in the precincts and at the county level by saying, you know, I think you need to vote for so-and-so, especially in a primary. Van, what do you got? Uh, yeah, yeah, Jenny, good to see you again. Uh, we, we spoke uh, briefly at OPEC a couple weeks ago. I think it was right after you had announced. Um, any uh, regrets that you weren't able to go to more state or county conventions around the state? Oh, absolutely. Oh, absolutely. I mean, certainly I wish that that had been the case. And I love traveling. I mean, that's what I did when I was doing Common Core. I was, I mm -hmm. think I ended up visiting something like at least 45 counties, if not 40, mm -hmm. maybe out of the 77. I mean, I was all over the state. I enjoyed uh, doing that. Six it's years something. ago, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I mean, so it's, it's, you know, absolutely. I feel badly that I haven't been able to attend, no, for sure. Tom, if I could. Jenny, one of the things I just found out recently, like, well, two years ago, um, most of us in the Republican Party were unaware you have been the mayor of the city of Luther. Is that correct? Right. Yes. Uh -huh. Yeah. Yeah. I think it was a controversy that came up when uh, some veterans with PTSD were wanting to be able to get uh, medicine at a dispensary. And I think you took a pretty hard stand there. How did that turn out with uh, zoning out dispensaries? Well, or? actually it wasn't, yeah, it wasn't a, a hard stand at all because I think what had happened was, I think you kind of, uh, there was a little jumping of the gun there and we hadn't even had a chance to hear that issue um, in mm. the, the uh, at the town board before there was even, you know, comment about it. So I, we have always done, you know, follow the OMMA regulations in town okay. and have been able to, we do have uh, one dispensary that's actually located on 66, but no, there was okay. no controversy about that at all. So, so they did, were able to get it locally. Those <laughs> Absolutely. Good. Excellent. Good. You guys are listening to Jenny White running for state GOP chair. The election's coming up here, April 10th. You're uh, with us once again on every Monday night on Facebook Live, 3D Politics with David Van, David Oldham, and the verbal Viking Tommy McKay here. Uh, hey, since we're moving into the marijuana uh, uh, discussion, or at least we talked Didn't about it. Didn't know we were, but okay. Oh, yeah, I, I think we were all rolling <laughs> one. Uh, what do you, you know, I'm, I'm working on an episode with uh, someone in the industry about the seed to sale legislation. I'm really actually haven't brushed up on it and run don't know enough about it, but uh, here comes seed to sale. And so uh, I'm going to want to know, you know, where the GOP stands on that, uh, that kind of thing. It's all about tracking the, the seed. Uh, it's like, uh, you know, cradle to grave. They're going to, they're going to track the seed where it came from all the way to the end user. But uh, of course that information won't be allowed to be visited by your employer, even though they'll have it. Uh, so anyway, you don't have an opinion on that. Well, what about 17th amendment? What about the seventeenth? The seventeenth amendment. You familiar with that one? Um, no, sorry, I haven't memorized them all the way down. See, to, to, all right, so this is the one thing. That's then we'll why give I have you, a pocket constitution. We're going to give you a chance. We do have our our purposes here at Three D Politics, and this 
the, the repeal of the 17th Amendment is one place that uh, both of these uh, contrarians have agreed with me on. The 17th Amendment <laughs> essentially allows for uh, the um, senators to be elected by popular okay. vote Thank you. instead okay. of yeah. being held accountable yeah. to the state legislature. Yeah. And so yeah. literally there's no reason to have a senator uh, unless it's going to be me uh, if the only reason they're being elected is popularity. Because yeah. I'd love to just be elected to not be held accountable to the feds or the state, just run a popularity con contest. So, uh, so you can agree with us on the repeal of the 17th Amendment? Well, I definitely think we have to go back to having the states actually decide on who the state the senators are and not does, popular vote. Does I that pass muster with you, Oldham? Well, yeah. Okay. <laughs> yes, I just needed this. Right, stamp. Dave. I just that's what I needed was a stamp of constitutional <laughs> approval. Well, I gotta say, you know, yeah, I'm 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 kind of rusty on the numbering tube. I happen to know that one, but I was going to be more uh, disgusted with Oldham that he went to Washington on January 6th with you and hadn't had that talk yet. <laughs> oh, yeah. no, we've had it off and on. I don't know why I can't. You would think that the 17th would be stuck right yeah. here, but, you know, well, I don't. They're going to bring Maybe it. the hard it's, drive is just full. Who knows? You know, it could be a trick question. That's why you always kind of withhold just no, to might. Hold on. Well, these, yeah. guys like to, these guys like to bring people on and, and sure. test them on the numbers. Sure. That's right. Well, getting back to a party thing, if I could, uh, Jenny, one of the things that stand out to you is things where you think the party is ripe for maybe some reform, maybe in structure or process. Any ideas? Actually, yes, I actually do. You know, I think the party is built appropriate. I think we just don't follow the way it's built and the way that there it works. Go. Um, so I think once we would go back to actually following the actual plan, um, it's going to work hundred percent better, but I think the problem that we've had, and this isn't just, I mean, and I'm not faulting David McLean, um, this is just kind of a general problem that we've had. Mm -hmm. We don't communicate. I mean, mm -hmm. it seems like we don't communicate at the state at the, the county level down to precincts, precincts up to county. We don't communicate from the state to the, I, I mean, I, I, yeah. I talk to people in counties and they have no idea. They've never heard from anybody at the state. They don't know what yeah. other counties are doing. And I just think that's so wrong because yeah. if you can get everybody together on one, it's like we're siloed county, county, yeah. county, 77 little silos of counties. And that's not helpful because if we could all get on the same page, think of what we could do in a statewide election, not sure. only a statewide election, but a national election, if we were all on the same page, but we don't communicate and we don't work the party structure the way it's supposed to work. And then we wonder why it doesn't work. And you're like, well, Sure. The, the Republicans just simply don't know how to throw a rave. We just keep getting our butts kicked by the Democrats. They know how to put on a party. You know, the, the, the Republicans. So far, we've done oh, marijuana I, and raves. 
trying to help us help us out here. Okay. But uh, I'm just saying. I mean, they like well when you're when you're having a drug party, everybody knows and shows up on time. You know, I mean, so the Republicans need to learn how to throw a political rave where we're all having a great constitutional time, but we know how to show up. I've worked with the Republicans, and I, I work with them for several times in a row. And I kept saying, you got to pick a stage, pick an area for a stage, make an area for a stage. You know what? The Republicans don't know the word stage. So finally, I said, pick an area where nobody gets to walk. God, I mean, you have no idea how to throw a party, okay? Literally. All right, so what else for Jenny White? We do have fun, too. There's a hell of a lot more fun than the other. I'd rather have fun. That's what we're doing. So it's a rave. It's a political rave. So, uh, all right, Oldham, what do you got? You're awfully quiet. So we've we've had talks, um, and and it's near and dear to me, um, but we've had talks of, of the whole communication thing and that, that the the Oklahoma State GOP office would would have a media center and this and that and the other thing. What are you what are you thinking about doing for communications? I mean, are you going to start? I mean, is there going to be something different than than has been done, or just emails, or what's the what's the thought process that you're? Well, honestly, I think we need to do everything. I think we haven't been engaging on social media at. All. Hardly at all. And I think one of the places that we're going to pull young people in for sure is social media. I mean, why are we not running some kind of ads for events or even for precinct meetings on Snapchat? I mean, my kids use Snapchat all the time and they're conservative kids. I mean, why are Jenny, we not using a program? Jenny, isn't, isn't, so, yes, isn't social media, I'm sorry to interrupt, but social That's media, okay. isn't it an echoplex? I mean, isn't it just a you just live in an echo chamber. I mean, you're not well, really. Who was I ever convinced think, by social media? Well, no, I'm talking about ads. I mean, and it is, it, I mean, you can get some good ads and ad space that's relatively inexpensive on social media. And it's an easy platform to use to spread information. So I think that's one thing. And, you know, David, I like that concept of kind of a, of a media center. But I think one of the things, because I kind of look at, um, uh, at Texas and um, um, Colonel, help me. Well, I don't know why it's, thank you, Alan West. I don't know where that went. I got Colonel and then it stopped. Um, but I look at Texas and I look at Colonel Allen West and, and he puts out a weekly um, kind of a state of the GOP exactly. and he sends it out. Bingo. I mean, he sends out, um, um, I mean, constant communications. He's talking about the Republican Party in, in and engaging people on, on not just on social media, but he is yeah. there as well. And I think that's kind of a a big thing. I think if we don't start engaging people on the Republican Party issues and what it actually means to be an issue, actually means to be a Republican. I mean, even if you just do a compare and contrast, well, this is what the Democrats did this week. We do blah, you know, wh whatever that is. I just don't think we're out there enough to make a dent. I, I just, I don't, I, I firmly believe I've got years and years of communication as a writer on national publications and then, you know, being interviewed nationally and, and locally, you know, over many, many years. And I don't have a problem doing that. And I just yep. feel like connecting with the public, engaging with the public is the best way to go. I'll vouch for that, Tom. She was one of the first bloggers when we started the Sooner Politics platform. 
So okay. we've got just about seven minutes to go. And one of the things I want to touch on, uh, uh, actually, there's. I, I wish I could have brought my source fast enough. Uh, but first of all, let's just touch mass mandate. I mean, we don't have to go into deep detail. You like mass, you hate mass. What do you want? Well, as the, the mayor in Luther, now I'm part of a five five member board and none of us ever wanted to shut down restaurants or make anybody wear a mask. I mean, we all believe in, in, in individual liberty here and you are an adult and you can take care of yourself. And if you're an adult, you can take care of your children. There's no reason for me to step in. There's no reason for any of us to step in. You do your deal. If you'd like, you know, information, I'm happy to provide information and I can tell you where to go, but not I, I feel like I'm in trouble. Yeah. No, no, I don't need information. My God, if I need information, I'm in trouble. No, I know I where the party people is. If we, to provide information oh, to yes. people, that's what I mean. I mean, yes. if the people wanted information, I was happy to provide it, but not tell them what to do. Right, I love that. So basically, no on mass mandates. Okay, no. you want to wear a mask, wear a mask. Okay, now this is a trick question. I'm just warning you right up front. Are schools underfunded? No, thank that's you. Not a trick question, actually. <laughs> oh, I that's a pretty a easy question. question to ask. No, schools are not underfunded. So I mean, why is it Deborah Giss can't keep the lights on and the doors open? Then I mean, why? well, maybe we need to have a forensic audit of Tulsa Bingo. Public Schools and Oklahoma Public Schools, I heard and those then we would find words. out. Mm -hmm, forensic audit. Everybody wants to say audit. Well, do you know the difference between a regular audit right. and a and a forensic audit? We need a forensic audit because I don't know how in the world you can have that much money and it suddenly just evaporates and oh but i need more i mean and yeah. the covid money oh don't even get me started my eyeballs will start rolling back that, in my head. yeah that difference is like the difference between fox 23 and dateline <laughs> where they go through the dna <laughs> yeah 2.5 billion dollars every 360 some odd days and you can't keep the lights on and when you do you need more money for books when we're all going online because you let the kids rip the books to shreds in the first place all right well that that was an easy one that was easy. Uh, so uh, so we we covered kind of your motivations for running uh, uh, and uh, three we, we covered your policy directions I think did we kind of I, I think I mean my policy dir directions are just to you know really work the system the way it is kind of get really back get the, to yes, uh, yes. okay let's yeah well let and, me let me throw oh. in with with this thought process okay we've sure. watched we just had the discussion about the school funding and we watched the teachers go on strike a few years ago and and uh get big raises and our state chairman at the time said oh we need to give them raises and, and so forth uh, yeah. i don't know if anybody remembers that yeah it but, was pam uh, pollard yes she did the question is what would a jenny white administration what would your answer be in a situation like that, and it doesn't matter what the situation, make it up, but take that situation. How would you have handled, say, uh, Pam's dilemma um, when that came up? How would you have handled that? Honestly, I think there's a really great way to handle it, and I hope that that's how we did it with Rope, and that is I wrote a lot of blogs and they educated people. And yes, I did. think when people have education yes. and they actually see the, the, 
instead of just coming out and saying, well, you're a bunch of idiots, you know, that's bad. I, I don't think that's helpful. I talking down to people or, you know, being ugly, it's, it's not helpful. I mean, it really yep. is true that you win more people, more flies with honey than vinegar, but what you really do, you make a stance by making your case in education. Okay. Well, let's talk about this. What are the facts? This is the fact. Number one, this is the fact. Number two, this is the fact. Number three, make your own conclusions, but these are the facts. Yeah. And I do think that, that, that really, and here's another reason why I think that approach is really good. I have heard from people when I've spoken before, um, cause I, I have a program that I do right now on the Patriot being Patriot. And they say, you know, I, I, cause I say, stand up for yourself. Don't let the bullies back you down. You tell them what's going on. Well, but I don't know how to articulate my case. I don't know how to explain this to people. And I the best thing you can do is give them education because as soon as they're educated, they can learn how to fight for themselves, but they can't fight if they don't know what they're fighting for. So education, I think, is always the best way to go. Yeah, I come from a family of educators and, and there's a there, there's a big difference between being able to understand a concept and being able to explain it. Exactly. And so a lot of people get the concepts, but then they struggle. They say, well, I don't know how to say it. Right. I don't know what to say. Uh, uh, Jenny White, I really appreciate you being here this evening. Your energy is wonderful. Uh, tell us where to find you, how to get more information about you, etc. Um, well, I'd rather not put my phone number. No, we need to know the last four digits of your social and where your rave is. We know you're having a rave. We know there's a stage. No, but I mean, you're running for your your campaigning. Tell I know. I phone. sent out. I sent out an email today, and it does. The email even does have my phone number on I'm it because I've had calls today. So. I wouldn't put out my phone number unless it was I did. Like you. But, 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 but tell them, I mean, there's, you got to have a, a, a webpage. You guys are sticking around for coming up hopefully soon. Yes. She just entered the, uh, waiting room. Uh, Christine Leverifon is coming up and John Bennett after that. But right now we're thanking Jenny White for being here. Jenny, tell us where to find out how, uh, what you're going to say, uh, uh, at the GOP when you run Facebook, uh, Facebook. You can find me, Jenny White, on Facebook. Jenny, very good. Okay, yeah. we're gonna try, Jenny White. I appreciate Thank you, you guys being here. We're gonna that. try to beam you out. You ready, David? Okay. Here he uh, goes. Yes, go ahead. Here she goes. Thanks for being there, <laughs> Jenny White. Thank you. Thank you. There she goes. Wow, that was fantastic, guys. You guys just that was fantastic. I couldn't, can't believe how much fun that was. We're going to uh, stop shortly right now for station identification and reset the show. And and coming up next is, as I said before, Christine Leverifon. But first, here we go. Take yourselves out, guys. The American Constitutional Republic, affairs of state in Oklahoma, the beliefs, principles, opinions, and views of people like you. This is 3D Politics.
featuring creator and of Sooner Politics, David Van. Also, founder and scholar at Constitutional Grounds, David Oldham. And of course, me, your verbal Viking.com comedian, political humorist, Tommy McKay, right here once again every week on 3D Politics Live. Oh, I appreciate you two cohorts being here with me. We've got Christine Leverifon. Leverifon. Boy, I Leverifon. I just love the name. I'm telling you. Leverifon. That is a great name. She is a precinct chair, a previous precinct chair, Rogers County chair, uh, district rules committee, state rules committee, at large alternate delegate for the national convention GOP 2020. Please welcome to the show and we'll bring her in and beam her in. Here she comes, Christine Leviravon. There she is. There she is. Fantastic. See how we beamed you on? Like it's, it's amazing. It's magical. There it is. <laughs> so I did. I don't know if you heard, but uh, I set you up. Precinct chair, uh, Roger County chair, district rules committee, state rules committee, and at large alternate delegate for the national convention 2020, Christine Leverifon. We appreciate you being on the show tonight. Are you there? Yes, <laughs> I am. Boom. Well, we appreciate you being here. We just got through talking to Jenny White. We're going to ask you basically the same questions. Your kind of your motivation for running, uh, your you know policy directions and solutions. We're all about solutions. Okay. So go for it. Go for uh, what my platform is. And well, kind of tell me what is your motivation for running? What is why are we running and why did you decide and how did you decide this time I'm running? I have my story. I figured you had yours. <laughs> well, for me, it's pretty personal. Um, just as a precinct chair of Rogers County, uh, through everything that's happened over the last few years, just serving on a county level, I just recognize that little bit by little bit that our um, state's voice is being taken away and that our constitutional amendments are not being clarified and educated. And so just as serving as a county chair and um, knowing the sign of the times, um, knowing that this is a two year gubernatorial race for our governor um, and the boots on the ground, this is, I wanna do the work, uh, serving as a small business owner and serving in areas of the past, um, with school systems, I just feel like, you know, this is a time for a rebuild and a reboot. And that's just encouraging for me um, as far as, you know, just the direction um, at the precinct level and the county level to support. So you, have some, you have some experience in working with it and you can see kind of the areas that are needed. And so you're stepping up. This is uh, one of the things I've been uh, loving, the fact that the electorate is becoming. I think we're seeing more people run for these obscure positions because the electorate is being more informed. You know, I think that's a good thing. Um, so, you know, as far as, uh, you, you know, what policy directions, you know, we, we our viewers really want to hear less platitudes uh, and more, you know, specific. What are your policy directions? I mean, what do you want to do? As far as policy, you know, our, our number one is our vote and our voice. And we have that coming across right now. Um, we should be calling our senators 
and getting that taken care of. I mean, there's a vote going on right now on that floor. And if we lose our vote, we're in big trouble. Um, but, you know, we also have our two-way rights and, and we know the blessings that we're here and that we're standing for here in Oklahoma. Um, but, you know, abortion, I, I've said it over and over. I'm for the abolishment of it. I'm tired of the gray matter and the pro-life. I feel like we have been um, exposed to pro-life. If you do this, then we'll allow you to have an abortion. And where we stand on a Republican platform is we're against abortion, but we've given, you know, opportunities and options. If you do this, then you can have one. And a lot of people don't understand that. So it's really, truly educating our platform and coming forth and um, being truthful. And that starts at the precinct level to see where the need is in the neighborhoods and bringing it to the county. Okay. Where growing starts in that area. Excellent. Thank you, Christine. Van, what do you got? Uh, yeah, Christine, I just wanted to dig down a little bit on, uh, we were at a Tulsa 912 project meeting last month. Uh, yeah. You got a question that uh, you answered. Somebody said, how long have you been a Republican? And you'd said two and a half years. So at this time, three years ago, that would make you uh, had been a Democrat. How active were you in the Democrat Party? I wasn't active. Okay. Um, I actually grew up um, in a house divided. Um, mm -hmm. My grandparents and my mom um, were Democrats. My, and this is one of my favorite questions. I'm so thankful you asked me that, Good. actually. Okay. Um, yeah, uh, because I am the poster child for the Republican Party, for sure, because mm -hmm. this is who I'm going after those that really don't understand our platform. It's those that have been raised up in a place that, you know, they feel like, well, this is the way it is. If you look at my history far, as far as voting, it's all been Republican. I have a father that raised me since I was seven. And when my parents divorced, uh, my mom remarried a master sergeant in the army for over 23 years. Mm -hmm. And he's full on Republican and taught me a value system. Um, but because he was so strong, I veered away more um, away from politics and, and went more into the church where I've served in ministry over my mm. life. And um, so, you know, it's it's there that the ground has been worked in me. But um, I guess it's just the heart that I have to really know what the Republican Party stands for and this value and this structure and that it really does benefit our nation. It's one of the only things that is affirming and standing forth for our nation right now. These policies, um, I'm excited to learn and grow this back. The GOP should be writing policies in and through our counties. And we have got, you got, David, you know, there's some amazing women and lawyers writing policies. And, and we just, we've let it go. We've allowed to not write the policies where they were really supposed to come from. You know, as, as a nation, we believe that the senators and the representatives should be writing the policies. They should be backing us. We should be working together with them. Um, so, and, and come from, you know, the political platform of the Republican party. Wow. I mean, you can't stop us because it's the only thing that parallels to the constitution and the rights that were founded. Um, with our forefathers. So um, it's just something that, you know, I was, I was praying for years um, for the Republican Party. And then once I recognized the value and the structure of the platform, and it actually, David, came out of the church. 
I was serving in a, a, a church in a denominational church. And as the denominational standards started changing for that church and what that church stand stood for, it was a transition that came and transpired from me supernaturally, um, from the Holy Spirit, just connecting with me and showing me, you know, when you set yourself in a place with authority over yourself and you align yourself with an LGBT agenda or intermarriage with the same sex, then mm -hmm. you are allowing for an opening for your okay. children and your grandchildren. And um, so we switched our church and um, at, at around the same time quickly that in, in our political, and my husband's always been a Republican. So isn't okay. that interesting? Um, but there thank you, you for asking that. That is, right. that is the excitement and um, the gain that I have and, and uh, am encouraged to share that. Thank you. It's kind of standard procedure. We all start out liberals and then we grow up. You know, isn't that how that had a thing about that, didn't he? So, uh, uh, so, so now I've got, you know, I've got a thing about the 17th amendment. What do you, do you, what do you got anything on that? Because I got a harder, I got a harder question than that coming up. <laughs> okay. I really, I really, really like our senators. So you like um, our senators. Yeah. I didn't know you're going to pick a fight with me. <laughs> <laughs> you like, you like Lankford. Can you give me one reason why you like Lankford? Oh, I mean, boy. you don't have all night, but I mean. <laughs> I dare you to pick one reason you like Langford. <laughs> no, I got a tougher question than that. Here's the deal. The platform. I'm just okay, go ahead. I'm not, I'm not going to answer it. That's fine. So here's a tougher question than that. There's no reason to go on with something you're not going to answer. Here's the deal on the, the Republican platform holds in it. Unfortunately, I don't have the page number. I, I, I couldn't draw it up before the show tonight. Uh, the Republican platform allows for abortion up to 22 weeks. I mean, you know, I argued this with the wife of a libertarian and she's like, oh, Republicans don't allow. No, actually, in the platform of the Republican Party, they allow for abortion up to 22 weeks. So, I mean, are you for that, against that? You want to change that in the platform? I would like to see that changed. Is Lankford for or against that? <laughs> That's a joke. Christine Leverifon. Fantastic. Tom, Tom will get you on things like that because it's like, yeah. I don't know. It's okay. But no, I'm not getting anybody. Look, David Van pointed out the other day, I'm just the host and I can be as petty as I want. Uh, so uh, can you tell me, I mean, is it, can you guys define what her policy directions are? I don't see, I'm not getting a clear cut understanding of what direction she wants to take the party, except for she wants to get back to operating underneath the principles of what we use. It, what it's supposed we're not following the rules is that correct no <laughs> that's our last so, well, that was jenny i think i i think what i've heard from from christine is that she wants to really uh push the platform is that correct yes okay. but fix that one part with the abortion in it our rights for the platform were there. They have been changed over the years. And if there's gray matters that concur, and that's a gray matter for 22 weeks, anything, you know, our, we also stand on the value structure of God and that's important. And if we stand on that, that's the most important. And so I just believe that some of these other policies will come in 
to fruition. But yes, I'm for 2A. I'm for, you know, all the rights with the Constitution. And um, yeah. Okay. And, and I'm not trying to be hard. I'm, I, you know, there's a lot of truth. Oh, you're funny. You're not hard. Thank you. I mean, there's a lot of truth in comedy and I feel my way there. Van's got something. Yes. Yeah. So uh, abortion obviously is a top priority with you. Yes. Uh, are there organizations you've worked with or currently are working with in that, in that area? Um, no, there's, um, we go with my church and do some things, but, um, I've served street ministry, but mm -hmm. that's, you know, that's the parallel of it. Yeah. I'll plug your church on different platforms. There's been some platforms that I've spoken on, but mm -hmm. no, it's just my God given right that I okay. know that abortion is God's and he, you know, it's his decision. Not, it's not. Okay. And your local church, what's the name? Let's put a plug in for him. Well, where, and where, well, now the point is where he's trying to say, where can we uh, uh, get in? Where, if people want to support your campaign, where can they get in touch with you? You can call me. Okay. You can call me 918-760-2864. There you there go. It is. And you're also probably on Facebook. Tell them that. Mm -hmm. Yes, I'm on Facebook and you can get on my GOP candidate um, for state chairman page and you can connect with me through Messenger or you're welcome to email me. And Fantastic. Christine Leverifon, I always like to let the guests say it because I might have a, lo a lot of guests and I might mess it up or say it wrong. So I always like to plug the uh, uh, let the, the guest plug their own site so that they know. Uh, well, you said my name good. I love your name. I don't want to bias the election or anything, but your name is fantastic. And I thought I already liked it. And then I was like, Lavera fan, Lavera fan. Like, no, Lavera fan. I'm like, oh my gosh, I love it more. <laughs> it's a really nice twist. Lavera, what, what is the, I don't, I don't have, I don't, I don't need your phone number. I already got it. But what is the name? <laughs> what is the the name what culture, yes. Well, I married that name. So um, my husband's last name is Levere Fon. He grew up in Tulsa and was born at St. John's Hospital, but he is Thai and oh, Filipino. How about that? So, half Thai, half Filipino. I he doesn't just, speak either because his mom's Filipino and his dad's Thai. So. <laughs> well, my, uh, yes, my son-in-law, I think, uh, speaks, uh, well, they're from Kachar. Uh, Kacharda, Kacharda, right? Kacharda? Kacharda, where is it? Philippines. Yeah, my son-in-law is fantastic. Yeah, way to go, Leverifan, Leverifan. Fine, good job. Man, that's tough. So, uh, so you're, uh, what am I missing, guys? Oldham, what well, do you got? I, I want to get in on this. Yeah, hey, my God, you got to just stick your way in here. Um, uh, dragging anything Christine, that I can out. You mentioned the... Uh, uh, something that is before the, the Senate now. Uh, were you speaking about the, the U.S. Senate and H.R. 1? Is that what you were yes. referring to? Okay. Yes. Okay. Thank you. Um, so with that, um, what are your views on H.R. 1? Is it constitutional or unconstitutional? Have you looked at it to have an opinion? I'm against H.R. 1. I mean, it's, it's trying to take, it's putting a film on things and we want to keep our voice. We want to keep our vote. And they have, you know, been just 
switching the words up and manipulating what it says and it makes it sound like you know they're for our voice and for our vote but it's actually putting a mandate against um elections and against us being able to go in and and check dominion machines and you know hold the states accountable in our voting so now have you considered whether that is an actually an, a constitutional bill that it would be even be lawful in the first place well it's our rights to let this not pass. It's a vote. And so that right there, I mean, it's, you know, it's not in the Constitution, but yes, right. That it still needs to be voted on and maintained. I mean, our voice and our vote is there, okay. so. Okay. Um, and then, um, and then the, what would, what, what would happen in the state if it should pass? Would uh, because in in reality, um, just a quick aside, it is actually unconstitutional. They actually can't take the vote legally mm -hmm. um, because the the constitution without without amending the constitution, they're right. not bothering to do that. So, with an un unconstitutional bill that may become supposed law, what would what would what should we do as the Oklahoma Republican Party? in pushback against that uh, because if it's a, if it's illegal then we don't have to abide by it so what do we what do what do you think we as the, the oklahoma republican party should do well you would go and we would commission you know our counties and as a g from my standpoint yes. we're trying to move for on on the legislative well, side if you of were, it if you were head of the the GOP. state gop yes what would you be trying to mobilize um yes. for all of us because because reality right the state gop head the chair is basically the chief um organizer for the rest right of us, right so if we wanted something done i mean what would what what do you think would be your position what do you think the the GOP should be doing to push back against something that's unconstitutional right educating the precincts and then moving the precincts forward to you know push the chair there's so many things that are going through the GOP right now there's 37 counties that have filed against Langford and the paperwork is supposed to be going to Mike Hunter's desk um you know that's where we should be moving as a state um, going through the process, the due process that's been given to us, checks and balance systems, to write policies and to ask for this move. You know, the Constitution says the states have the rights as long, you know, as the as it goes through the GOP and the governor approves it. So that's just a way that we support our governor and as he moves forward on that situation. So it would be Mike Hunter that it would go to his desk and then it would go forward from there. Thank you, Oldham. Thank you. Van, what do you got? Anything? We've got about uh, 10 minutes. No, no, you know, I appreciate uh, the opportunity and thank you for making yourself available to us. You've been part of Rogers County, uh, the chairman for the last two years, right? You finished yes. your term there and I assume they've picked somebody else. Um, yes. What were the biggest difficulties that you saw running a county operation that you would you think should get some changing? Well, our county is red. I mean, it was 
democratic, but it, it has become completely red and it's solid and very, very strong. Well, our senators came, our reps came to our let meetings. Me, let me redirect that if I could. I was talking about, I didn't say this, so it's my fault. The context of how the party GOP operates on a county level. And what um, were your biggest challenges? What Any successes you want to talk to us about? Just education for the committee members. Mm -hmm. um, you know, at the county level, I would say it took us almost eight months to get through the ethics commission to get our bank um, really? situated. And yeah, um, you know, I went through some things just trying to get information, you know, being a newbie. Um, learning, and, and I believe that's part of the process, you know, of learning, um, that learning curve. As a, as a chair, I was accountable for my treasurer, um, learning how to, to take contributions. Um, you know, David, you know, I mean, it, mm -hmm. you ask anything over $50, I mean, it has yeah. to be on a card. So well, all of that, just the education from the, the county level for the committee members. But okay. I, what I would love is to, to you know, house those precincts. I okay. think I, the reality that precincts at precincts level were at 60 to 40% capacity. And we still, you know, have about 40% in every county that need to be filled. I mean, we have precincts that don't even hold, uh, in, there's no one in those seats. And, mm -hmm. you know, to, to be a good army and to be ready for battle and to fight, um, you know, at half capacity, that's, that's difficult. Um, but the encouraging side of that and, and the exciting side of that from my, from my end is just to say, hey, let's get them in there. You know, my, mm -hmm. the people running against me and with me, you know, they, they're saying they want to need it out. They don't want rhinos in there. They don't want this. And I get that. Believe me. Oh, my goodness. Do I get that? But mm -hmm. you can have people come to the meeting and understand the platform and keep the meetings open and bring people in. And then those that are elected in these precinct chairs, it just gains a level of opportunity where we are able to multiply in our, our Republican Party. There's a way, I, I really truly believe that the democratic system doesn't understand that there are 70 and 80 year olds sitting in these positions in the government that, that aren't even elected. I mean, they're just staying steadfast because they've been appointed. You know, the way that we move systematically through the electoral situation and system in, in the Republican Party is amazing. I mean, it's a great system and we shouldn't have fear about it. We should encourage yeah. those to come on and sit and um, educate. And so that that's where my hope is, is, is for well, at the county meetings. Tom, she's got a little bit of breaking news I'm going to just ask here. Uh, so you had a conflict with the State Ethics Commission. Now, No, I didn't have a conflict. Oh, okay. Well, no, no, you, no, it no, took no. eight months to get your bank account, was that? It was just the information. Um, I was elected the middle of February. Okay. And we ended up, our actual state convention was May that year. Gotcha. So that was 2016 when, when David was elected, it was a little bit mm -hmm. later. And so after the state, I might've been the end of March. So after the state convention, um, when we had our first few meetings, I just, we just didn't get everything situated okay. for the fundraising. And then once the treasurer came up, I was just like, I don't want something 
transferred over to me. That's my responsibility okay. if we don't have a background on it. So yeah. to clear it with the ethics commission, it took another few months to get background, to look at it. But no, okay. everything okay. was in order and lined out. Thank yeah, you, because I thought this was somewhat of an indictment on the ethics no, 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 commission. No, 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 no. Okay. Everything good. was good. Everything okay. was good. I got a quick aside. We got about five minutes left. I got a quick okay. aside for Oldham. Oldham, is the Ethics Commission kind of like a, a, a license or a registration for these poor candidates? Yeah. <laughs> hey, when I ran for mayor, I was scared uh, to death that I was going to get yeah. you know, in trouble just by asking somebody to bring a sandwich to something. Yeah. You, can't, you, you know, it's it's ridiculous the kind of pressure you're under when you run a campaign. And and again, Christine, I want to thank you for your passion. I love your passion and, and your your willingness to get out there and try to fix this problem. We've got a lot of problems and I appreciate you uh, and all your efforts. We've got just about four minutes left. What else do you want to tell them? Christine? Well, just don't, don't be fearful. Um, my hope is to set, you know, zoom calls up and situate to where counties by counties can come together in these committees and treasurers can ask treasurers. You know, when you ask the ethics commission, you don't want to cause a problem for a treasurer that was there before if you're new and they, for whatever reason, don't transfer something over to you. Um, mm -hmm. Everything is there and it's applicable. Everything, you know, is in black and white. There's also some amendments and some things that are coming up for our platform and the rules that, um, you know, before the state convention where the finances for the GOP will be public. And I'm so for that. I'm like encouraging, yeah. you know, that to pass and yeah. that everything can be seen, um, you know, so that anything that comes in goes out appropriately, um, you know, and this is, this is being a newbie. I'm not accountable to anybody, right? I, I don't have mm -hmm. to pay back anybody. I don't have to scratch anybody's back. I mean, because they've done something. So this this is one good um, asset with Christine Leverifon being GOP state chair. Okay. I'm not, you know, I, 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 it's black and white. It's what you get. And yes, Dave, I mean, that background of me going on to the ethics board was only because I wasn't going to sign on to something because I'm a small business owner. And I know you don't uh, take over something until you know the history of it. Yeah, sure. And so... Um, you know, I guess, yeah. And, and I'm encouraged to build relationships and communicate. So. Uh, you gotta, you know, you, if you're not, uh, if you're not cutting any uh, ocean, you're not making any wake. Uh, so uh, what about uh, real quickly, just about two minutes left, the mask mandates. What do you think? Um, I'm completely against them. If you look at my Facebook page, you will see like the biggest, hardest, hardcore, uh, you know, group of people that you came mask, against huh? me because I said no on the masks. All right. And, um, because I, you know, if, if you, if I don't want to have abortion and I say it's, you know, God given right, then why would I want to wear a mask either? So, um, but, <laughs> uh, but, but, but talk about connecting the dots. Nice job. <laughs> but I am respectful. You know, I mean, mm -hmm. when we have a mayor that's going to come and say you have to wear a mask. That's just not a wave that I want to breach. Um, but, you know, we need to be respectful. I, I was hoping that Governor Stitt would come out a little bit stronger on those areas. And we need to recognize 
again, you know, who holds the control of our cities and our communities, and we need to hold them accountable, our mayor and okay. our communities, and come together. And that really starts at the precinct level as we come back out and reach back out into our our cities. Just about a minute, Oldham. Yeah, quick question, because you said you want you want us, you think we should be respectful. Yeah. Um, and and I, I, I'm not quite sure what you mean by that. Isn't the request to put a mask on the height of disrespect? Yes, but if you have somebody that is, you're going to walk into a store and it says that it's mandatory to wear that mask and you don't wear it in there, and I haven't, and then they come to you and face to face and they say, we are going to ask you to leave if you don't put a mask on. Oh, yeah. okay. It's your choice if you walk out or if you stay in there and you finish your shopping. And mm -hmm. so I have put a mask on to finish my shopping and not cause, obviously, yeah. a problem. We, we um, pick our battles. Ladies and gentlemen, hey, I really want to thank you, Christine Leverifon, for being here this evening. I hope I didn't get too silly for you. I always have a couple of experts here to balance out how ridiculously uneducated I am. Thanks, guys. So, uh, again, I mostly appreciate your passion and your efforts to put yourself out there in the campaign. Running for state GOP chair, Christine Leverifon. We're going to take her out. We're going to beam her out right now. There it goes. Thanks for being here. See you next time. Thank you. There she goes. All right. And as you know, we have in the waiting room right now, uh, John Bennett coming up in the waiting room. We're going to reset boys and then bring everybody back in. So take yourselves out. The American Constitutional Republic, affairs of state in Oklahoma, the beliefs, principles, opinions, and views of people like you. This is 3D Politics. Featuring creator of Sooner Politics, David Vann. Joining us every week, founder and scholar at Constitutional Grounds, David Oldham. And of course, me, your comedian, political humorist, father of five and former mayoral candidate, Tommy McKay. Find me at verbalviking.com. Here we are all together again and now. Stepping up after all these other fine guests comes John Bennett. John Bennett, retired and decorated U.S. Marine combat veteran, Iraq and Afghanistan. Eight years in the Oklahoma House of Representatives. Uh, author of uh, SB 1143 and HB 2177. Please welcome to the show without further ado. John Bennett, ladies and gentlemen, we'll beam him in. Here he comes, ladies and gentlemen, John Bennett. 
Hello. There you go. There he is. John Bennett, we appreciate you joining us again. We've had you before on the show. We appreciate you joining us once again. I just gave you uh, a little bit of a bio send up. I'm sure you already know what you did. Uh, but we talked uh, very quickly about SB 1143, HB2177, the things that you're known for on those uh, that passed eight years in the Oklahoma House of Representatives. And of course, a combat veteran Iraq and Afghanistan. Welcome to the show once again, Thank John Bennett. Thank you guys for having me on. You bet. I, thought I, I logged in wrong. I was going back trying to log in. I, I thought, well, no, they went over just, a little bit. <laughs> no, it's in, what I found out is in the waiting room, it's it's just really bad. You can't hear anything. You just sit there with a smile on your face and wait. So we have ways of trying to work that. But what we've been doing tonight is moving through uh, – uh, the people who are running for state GOP chair, what are their motivations for running? Uh, what are their policy directions? Solutions, solutions, solutions. We're all about, can you give us specific solutions? I always bring up the 17th Amendment. We, I probably brought that up last time you were here because it's like a thing I do. But thanks for joining us. Tell us about your uh, motivation for running. Why are you running for state GOP chair? Well, first, I spent eight years in the House. Um, I ran. I felt a uh, calling to run to, to do something to make an impact. I spent eight years in the House and decided to term limit myself out. Uh, I was done with politics at that time. I did my part, done the best that I could. I found someone to replace me. Um, that was a good constitutional Christian patriot, uh, which is in there today. So we were able to keep this seat for uh, by the Republican Party. Um, but I was done with it. And I did my part. I was moved, had moved on to other things. And people kept calling me ever, ever since I had left the house and like, hey, do you ever you want to run for state party chair? And I said, no, I don't. I don't have any desire to do anything like that. And they called several people from all across different spectrums of the um, uh, Republican Party. And I kept on, no, 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 no. Um, even all the way up until uh, uh, when all the things happened to Trump, whenever they threw him under the bus and they stole the election. Uh, from President Trump, uh, they were continuing to call. And I thought about it, prayed about it, and I just felt, you know what? There's a time and place for everything. And now is the time for a fighter, someone that's going to stand up, uh, not just kick the can down the road, but pick the can mm -hmm. up and smash it. So um, <laughs> I was perfectly fit for that. And um, yeah. because in my mind, after what they did to the President of the United States, that wasn't just to do it to him, that was a message to the American people. That was a direct attack on our constitutional republic. And um, in my mind, we're at the edge of the cliff. And if we don't stand and fight now and put freedom on the offensive where it belongs, we're gonna be pushed off the cliff and we're gonna, we're gonna lose our constitutional republic. And I'm not gonna let that happen. If it happens, it'll it'll be over them running over me, but, but I'm gonna stand and fight. Um, so um, several folks were calling me, um, after that had happened, and I was I was seriously considering it, and finally, uh, I, I did what I thought I needed to do. I thought it was the right thing to do. Um, so, all right. So now you're now you've decided to run. You're running, and and if you're in, what are your what are your main policy directions? You, you what do you want to do to make it you know to to go in the direction that they're either not going or harder and faster in the direction they are. Well, that's, that's a, uh, I guess I could give you a long answer to that short question, but I'll try to keep it as short as possible. There's a lot of things swimming through my mind, but, but uh, we have a structure in the Republican Party now, which 
uh, by itself is not bad. The problem is uh, people aren't being held accountable to the party platform. Um, we're not communicating across the spectrum. So uh, the state party chairman is not building the bridge between all the county chairmen. The precinct chairman really don't even know what their jobs are in most counties. Some they do, mm -hmm. but there's no real standard operating procedure across the board. Uh, there's no communication. We don't have a real united party. We're all not going to agree. That's pretty obvious in, in the Republican Party. We're all a bunch of independent thinking people. Right. Uh, we've got to have that structure. And I think I have a uh, unique experience to bring that structure in, fine tune that and get us all hopefully going in the same direction uh, because we're forced to be reckoned with if we could just get it all together. We're all heading in the same direction anyway. We just got different ideas of how to get there. Um, but I think I have the unique experience to uh, be able to do that. I mean, I've been in charge of hundreds of Marines um, and getting all of them to go in one direction is not an easy task either. But that structure uh, and that leadership, if you do it right, you can get them going in that direction. So so uh, let me ask you this, John. I mean, I understand, uh, and it's impressive, I got to say, uh, uh, being able to lead Marines, that's a thing. And uh, uh, once the Marines are there, they're there to be led. Uh, do you think that part of the state GOP chair's job is to recruit? I mean, it's a different job to recruit, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the state GOP chair should be highly involved in that. Now, if, if you're talking about uh, state-level wide offices, so state rep, state senator, even your county-wide uh, offices, the state party chairman should be offering resources and leadership to help them at the local level do what they need to do because those are the ones that are on the ground level, and they know if Joe and Jim are in the Republican race, if Jim just switches to Republican, but he's really a Democrat, and that's the way he believes, but he switched to get elected because that's actually happened in our district. We had two sheriffs. One was a Republican. He'd been a Republican. We knew him personally and what he believed, and then we had a Democrat that was the current sheriff, switched to Republican to get elected, and we as a county party, we knew him, and we came out in the primary and told the voters, we told the Republicans, he is not our candidate. He does not abide or uphold Republican Party principles. He was the um, uh, one of the main uh, Democrat leaders in the Democrat Party and switched and then bragged about it. He was going to get elected by switching to Republican, uh, and we shut him down. Uh, but the state party chairman should be able to back those counties up back those precincts up and help them, give them resources uh, and provide that leadership, uh, but let them decide what they need to do. Now, sometimes you do need to nudge them a little bit and, and say, well, you know, you could do this or you could do that. And here are your options. Do you need any help or do you need any clarification through the rules process um, or anything else? Uh, and, and that's the type of leadership I want to give to them. You know, that makes sense. Just leading uh, the down, uh, I don't like them down ballot, but I mean, uh, uh, you're leading those people with the rules because that's where it all gets uh, uh, parliamentarian. Uh, Van, uh, Oldham, anything you got? Oldham? Oldham? Well, hi, hi again, John. Um, hey, David. We've talked at length in, in the past, um, and and we've asked Jenny and, and Christine so far tonight. What are your what are your thoughts? Um, about what you're going to do differently than what has been done in the past uh, in trying to do some of these things that you're talking about, but but going to the, the heart of your running uh, to fight for these 
constitutional uh, violations that are happening all too, all too often. What are we going to see from a John Bennett administration? You're going to see someone that's got bold leadership that don't, doesn't just say it during campaigning time, but actually stands on that and stands on uh, our platform, stands on our constitution, um, and actually is a voice for the county parties, the precincts, and help and fight for them as well as our party as a whole. The problem is, and you know, we, we hear all the time we need more quant uh, quantity inside the Republican Party. I don't, I don't believe that's that's something we should focus on. I believe we should focus on quality and being who we say we are and what we say we stand on and believe in. And if we do that, then we're going to have people come to the party. I mean, we're seeing it now. Uh, more and more people are coming to the party because we we showed what we believed in. We stood on those principles and more people are coming. The problem is uh, when we have, well, I'm just going to say it. Y'all may disagree with me, but uh, when we have a U.S. senators, senators, plural, throw our president under the bus and make a decision based off of emotion um, instead of off of principle and do what they say they were going to do. We have people that, are, that get fed up with the Republican Party and leave. That's why we see an increase in the, uh, the registered independents. Those folks want to be with the Republican Party, but they feel betrayed and they, they don't feel the trust anymore because we say one thing, but we do another. Um, but with good leadership and someone leading the way, people will follow that. So whatever it takes, it, we're going to get it done, whether it's using the platform as uh, a voice, whether it's twisting arms and holding others accountable and making sure they abide by that platform and by the Constitution, or they get unelected. And I will help get that done uh, through the counties and through the precincts. Van, you got yeah. some? Hey, John. Um, what? Now, you've been a legislator and you've been very much part of the grassroots movement. Um, how can that, how can those uh, relationships work better where the party regulars and the legislature are really working in one step and, and you know, in better outcomes? That's a great question, David. The, um, I guess you could say I have insider information. I know uh, how they do things at the Capitol. I know for a fact that they go behind closed doors, say one thing, and come out from a camera and say something completely different. I know all the ins and outs. I know the tricks they pull um, so I can hold them accountable, and they know that they can't blow smoke up my skirt because I've been there, and I've witnessed it, and, I, and I've been around it uh, for quite some time. Um, then on the flip side of that, they also know that I'm a pretty straightforward person. I'm not going to attack them uh, unnecessarily. I'm not going to cause chaos or trouble in their campaigns or with who they are or throw them under a bus unless they deserve it. Um, and they know that. So based off of that, a lot of them will be more than happy to sit down with me behind closed doors so we can work that out and they can we make sure they do the right things. And I'll, I'll be completely transparent with them and tell them, listen, your constituents aren't happy. You campaigned on this. You were elected to do this. You're not doing this. You need to change your ways. We're watching you. If you don't, you're going to have to deal with consequences. You know, John, I got to say, uh, I to be fully transparent, I think James Lankford would look better in a skirt, but I think you fit the uniform better. 
<laughs> so you wear a man's uniform, but Langford in a skirt. I can see that. Uh, so uh, uh, tell us about the mask. I think we talked about this last time. Mask mandate. Yes. No mask mandate. You're for freedom or masks. Don't don't even ask. Okay. Uh, you guys are listening to the fine state GOP chair candidate, John Bennett. Uh, joining us here on 3D Politics every Monday night, once again with David Van from SoonerPolitics.org and David Oldham from ConstitutionalGrounds.com. So, John Bennett, let me ask. Oh, yeah, and my name is Tommy McKay, VerbalViking.com. John Bennett, let me ask you this. We talked a lot about tonight with other candidates and before on our show about grooming our uh, kind of like we groom the voter rolls of dead people. We've got rhinos in the party. I ran against uh, G.T. Bynum in 2016, and he ganged up on me with his uncle. The two millionaires <laughs> two millionaires ganged up on little old me to push me out. And, the, and I couldn't even define myself as a Republican because we have these purple, nonpartisan elections in Tulsa. It's absolutely ridiculous. How can a guy like me even di differentiate myself from millionaire G.T. T. Bynum when we're when we're nonpartisan. How does the GOP get rhinos like GT Bynum out of it? Well, we got to hold them accountable, especially at the precinct and um, and county level. And I would even submit this to you: uh, there is no such thing as a uh, a nonpartisan race. Um, we the Democrats they scream that all the time, but then they go back and they get their own candidates. They support their own candidates. They know what they believe in, and they've been kicking our bottoms at the school board level, at the city council level, and at the mayor level, um, and at even the county commissioners. Even though the county commissioners, we know pretty much where they stand when they file, but but those other ones are supposed to be nonpartisan races. Republicans need to quit. Quit soft handing everything. Get in there. You're so polite. You're going to do great. You're very polite. <laughs> we need to quit. I mean, the time for 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 just the, yeah, the it's it's as usual. It's done. We need to get in there and say this is what we stand on. You are not a a Republican. You don't believe in these things. Oh well, it's nonpartisan. Don't care because you will take your beliefs into uh, however you govern. And we're not going to have that. You can call it partisan or not. We're not voting for you. We're voting for this guy. He's a Republican, and he believes in this or she believes in this, and we're going to support him. And that's got to be done, though, at the precinct and county levels. Um, and they got to be more engaged and get in there and get in a fight. Right. Gentlemen, what do you got? Anything? I, could oh. I? Okay. Uh, I really haven't got into fundraising much tonight, but I think I should. And uh, I regret not asking this to our previous candidates. Uh, John, you've run for the legislature, or what, four times. Um, yeah, it usually takes a five-figure budget to really run, especially in a very tough contested race. Uh, how's fundraising work for you? Do you like it? <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm not, sure. <laughs> I'm not sure anyone has. It's real easy for someone to say, hey, can, I, can, I, can you support me? Can you give me some money um, out of this? Um, however, it's kind of going back to what Tom said a while ago. When people with that kind of money come against you, as long as you have a grassroots uh, campaign and as long as um, you have people that support you and believe in you, you can overcome that money. However, the state party chairman is a little bit different. Uh, one of my main priorities, and I've told many people this, 
uh, is to raise money. As a matter of fact, I've already set up a committee. These people have volunteered because all through the uh, the many, many counties I've been to, they've all asked about money and fundraising. They want transparency. They want to know if we're going to raise money or not. And I've committed to do all of those things. It's so much so that I've set up a committee already. I've got six individuals on it. All of them uh, were um, have historically raised lots of money in different venues. Um, and we're ready to pull the trigger. So after the election, we're going to get it done. And uh, we're going to try to raise more money that's, than has ever been raised uh, for the Republican Party in the state of Oklahoma. It's, I'm beside myself that we weren't able to raise millions uh, whenever Trump was on the ticket. I mean, I'm shocked that we didn't raise that much. But now I think people see what's going on. They see that we are the party of principle and we are standing on, on, who, on what we say we're going to and hold people accountable. They're going to come in and they're going to want to support that movement. We're going to raise a lot of money, and then we're going to take that money. We're going to use it for leverage. We're going to use it for influence, and we're going to make sure we've got the right people in office. And we're going to take this republic back, and we're going to start in Oklahoma, and then we're going to work with other states like Texas and Kansas and Arkansas, uh, South Carolina, which, by the way, I talked to uh, Lynn Wood the other day. He's running for state party chairman in South Carolina. We're going to come together, and we're going to, we're going to connect, and we're going to stop this federal government overreach. But we're going to get there, and we're going to have this leverage from the money. We're going to raise lots of money. I love the big uh, oversight. Let's let let me, if I could, focus towards the 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 underside, the uh, back where I am, where I run for mayor, and I'm literally scared to death. Back to this ethics thing. So, and you talk about raising money. When I wanted to raise money, I was afraid to get the money because. I was afraid of the ethics commission. My God, they're going to, I'm just a guy with five kids, man. And, and the, and the mayor of Tulsa lied to me on the air of uh, KFAQ. I'm like, I'm not going to stand for that. And, and yet I'm afraid to take in the money. Then when I became a public figure in 2016, I promoted myself from collar to KFAQ to mayoral candidate. Now, now, uh, I had people, uh, because I'm a freedom candidate, I had libertarian people calling me and I said, Hey, I'll help you. I'm a sound. I, I run live sound for bands and celebrations and stuff. I can put up your microphones and stuff and you know, PA. And, and, and the guy was scared to use me because he thought he, a guy that was running a libertarian candidate, he couldn't, he was a, I said, I will help you. He was afraid to use me because of the ethics commission. How is the state GOP chair going to teach the down ballot, the little guy like me, how to not be afraid of the ethics commission when I'm trying to get 250 bucks off of a GoFundMe? I'm scared shitless. I'm sorry to say it. There it is. Literally. I was afraid. Okay. Yeah, I, I feel your pain, Tom. I was the same way when I first ran time, when I ran the first time. I had no support, including from the state party. No support. As a matter of fact, after I got elected the first time, I beat an eight-year Democrat incumbent. I was at the Republican caucus, and they were having people stand up and introduce yourself, uh, those who won their election. And I was the last one to stand up. And when I told them who I beat and where I was from, they were shocked, one, that I was even there, and they shocked <laughs> that I beat the guy that I beat. Um, so I had no help either, Tom. And so I can understand where you're coming from. I was more nervous than a long tail cat in a room full of rocking chairs with the ethics reports because I try to read the rules. I'm like, okay, can I do this? Can I not do that? You know, wh where's the gray area? Where's not the gray area? But fortunately for me, um, I run into a lady. She was, and there's many, many uh, volunteers out there. Um, oh. All they need to do is ask for them and search for them. 
she worked at a bank and I asked at the uh, Republican meeting, there was only four of us. <laughs> I said, uh, does anyone in here have a treasurer background or financial background? She said, well, I work at the bank. I said, would you mind working with me on the ethics reports and could you help me? She says, well, let me read what we're supposed to do. And within a couple of days, she said, yes, I'll help you. And she, she did all my ethics filings because she understood. So as if you win a state GOP chair, how can you employ, recruit, or otherwise gain those people that you just talked about, those types of people to help other candidates, not just you? Well, the, uh, the county parties and the precincts, they're going to have to find those folks, which I would be more than happy to advise him. As a matter of fact, I'm working on standard operating procedures now and getting a lot of this information from other county parties that have systems that are working and set up. Nice. Uh, so they'll, they'll have a uh, basic standard operating procedure on what to do as a county chairman, what to do as a precinct chairman, how to file ethics reports, how to do all of these things as a county chair and a precinct chair to send down to them and then they can take it and massage it because it's not a one size fits all, but it gives them the basic foundation and then they can massage it to their, their particular situation on the ground. And within that, it talks about the ethics um, for candidates and for those county chairmen and how they can recruit locally. And if they can't, uh, then they can ask around to surrounding counties. And those are some of the things that good leaders do and they're supposed to help out uh, but the final call would be made at the ground level with, with these folks. Yeah, that's excellent. Because I got to tell you that, uh, you know, I'm kind of a casualty of attempting to run from literally a grass from the grassroots, <laughs> like one blade. And, uh, and and it's hard to do. You know, it's really a, it's a it's a it's a level of conviction. So we have got uh, about five or six minutes here. Uh, uh, gentlemen, uh, David's, have you got anything you want to press into or you want me to move to other topics? Yeah, no, I want to, uh, I want to revisit some things that we were discussing with Jenny and, and, and Christine, Good. the, um, and, and it comes down to, you know, how things have been handled by, by chairman in the past, uh, Pam Pollard a few years ago, the teacher's strike, and she ended up saying, oh, we got to support the teachers and, and everything like that. A lot of people want to just say, "Hey, we got to support the mask mandates, or you know, allow them and just go along." In other words, raise taxes, right? So the question is, what would what would a John Bennett um, uh, publicity uh, answer be, or you know, how would you deal with it? How would you? help the the republican party deal with it when when you know the cameras come on and you're stuck in front of them what would have what would your answer be say say to the teacher strike um several years ago uh, how should how should we deal with that <laughs> he's asking about school funding and school no, it, was, control. it was just in general i mean she she just said go along pick apart you know what what would what would it look like well i'll, I'll tell you how i handled it when i was in the legislature um, I did all my research, find out, I found out how much money they were getting, uh, who is responsible for it, where it went to, and how that broke down from federal, state, and local, how much money they were actually getting versus how much was being reported, and then how that uh, averaged around with all the other states, and apples to apples and oranges to oranges, not just, well, Texas gives their teachers or has $10,000 a year per pupil funding, and Oklahoma only has 5000 
Okay, why is that? Why is there a disparity? And there was reasons behind that. Same with the pay raises. They said, well, Oklahoma is the lowest in the region, which was an absolute lie. I did the research. Arkansas paid lower base pay. So did Texas and so did the other surrounding states. They were making more money on average because the local school boards, which are responsible for their raises, were the ones giving them raises. And, and they didn't, a lot of the teachers didn't even know that the state yeah. doesn't give raises. The state, we set the bare minimum. Yep. So once I figured all that stuff out, I went out and started educating. I went to my county party first, started educating them. I started educating other activists and telling them, hey, here's the real picture. Here's what's going on. Matter of fact, I even went and paid to have two big boards made that had it broke down all the funding, where it came from, where it went to, and, and compared it to the other states and took those around, carried them in my car and had them in my office whenever people come in and ask me about it. Say, hey, my card. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, I didn't have a problem with the teachers getting a raise. My yeah. mother, sister, I had many family members that John, were John, you're so right. I have argued on Facebook for Dahl during that strike. People are like, yeah, the legislature, the legislature. No, no. The legislature has done nothing in Oklahoma. The Oklahoma legislature has done nothing but protect minimum wages, essentially, for teachers. And the districts rob the teachers. Districts pay teachers or not. Okay, the legislature does nothing but say you can't pay a teacher less than this amount. Am I correct? You are absolutely you. correct. And they were in my office because, well, the, the, the teacher pay raise already passed. They were there a week later for the strikes. And I had a bunch in my office and they were telling me uh, or they asked me, they were very hostile. They said, why didn't you why aren't you going to vote for the tax increases? Because I made it very obvious I was not voting for a tax increase. And there was 40 of them in my office with the superintendent. Yep. And they're saying, we demand you 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 uh, uh, vote for these tax increases. I said, I'm not doing it. And one of them actually looked at me and said, um, we don't care if you raise taxes on everyone else. We want more money. I said, I'm not doing it because I represent more than just you. And the facts don't support what you're wanting. And, and called the superintendent out. I said, Mr. Well, I won't say his name. He, Mr. Superintendent, I said, um, why don't you tell them the truth? Where do they get their raises? And all the teachers were dumbfounded. And I, so I told it for him. And then I said, how many of you in here have, e have ever been put in for a raise by the superintendent? Not one raised their hand. Oh, said, you need to talk to him, not me. So the, the other point that I've made in my discussions about teachers as they pretend that as I argue about teachers not being properly uh, uh, paid. They say, blah, 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 pretending that teachers exist in what is a free market. They are state workers. They are doing a civil service job. They are not operating in the free market where somebody gets paid according to something. Uh, uh, we have X amount of dollars, and you've agreed to be a teacher to pay the children with this amount of money. Ladies and gentlemen, you are listening to the amazing Verbal Viking. Tommy McKay, your host here on 3D Politics every Monday night for two years now with the uh, uh, mostly amazing John Bennett running for state GOP chair and listen uh, John uh, I can hear that music coming up if you got uh, can you stick around if you got to go can you stick around gentlemen we are at the break so let's uh, reset we're at the half hour we're going to reset you're listening once again to David Van 
from SoonerPolitics.org and David Oldham, founder and scholar at ConstitutionalGrounds.com. Tommy McKay, your fine host here, your verbal Viking, plundering all conversation. And we are pleased to have the candidate state for state GOP chair, John Bennett. And we're going to uh, pause for 10 seconds to allow station identification. You're listening to her. <laughs> this was all planned, John. Trust me. Boom. There it is. Here we go. The American Constitutional Republic Affairs of State in Oklahoma. The beliefs, principles, opinions, and views of people just like mostly me. <laughs> I just rushed that thing to get back to our guest. So here we go. Uh, John Bennett, uh, where where do we leave off? Because I got a question about school funding. You think $2.5 billion every 300 days is enough? <laughs> I was talking about civil servants. The... Uh, the teachers are civil servants, but yet they argue as though they operate from a free market uh, capitalist position. Teachers in Texas make. Well, Texas has an entirely different constitution that brings in the money totally differently, that pays people at the front end or the back end totally differently. And so there's no reason to compare Oklahoma to Texas when we're paying teachers because we're not operating in a free market. Am I wrong? No, you're right. Thank um, you. But they are feeling a little bit of heat now because, and I'm 100% parent choice. Um, I've got, um, my kids have been in public school. My three oldest graduated public school. Um, my two youngest have been in public school, private Christian school, and now they're in a charter school. And I, we as parents, we should have uh, full control over where our children go to school. The government should have no monopoly on that. They shouldn't be forced to go to a government school. It's my choice. They're my children. And I know what the best learning environment is for them. And to be honest, right now, after, after going to all of those for my children, the charter school is the best program for them. And they are excelling at it. Hmm. So it's definitely should be parent choice. Gentlemen, I've been monopolizing the conversation. You kind of took it down a different road than the state well, here. Well, you like talking about education funding. I come from an education family, and that's an issue yeah. for me. Well, we we do need to cut, kind of kind of wrap things up. We haven't asked John um, uh, where we can find him, uh, where 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 people can find him. Because we right. know how to get a hold of you. But where where can the folks find you before Saturday's meeting? Um, I'm out on Facebook. Um, even though I'm convinced the communists and the devil invented Facebook, um, we can use it for good. So I'm out on Facebook, uh, Bennett for Chairman, B-E-N-N-E-T-T, for Chairman, F-O-R, uh, for Chairman. I'm out on Facebook. Um, you can also, my email and my phone number is also out on Facebook, and um, I'm an open book, so call me. As a matter of fact, I spent most of the day returning calls today, and I've got about 70 more to oh. return um, before. Yeah, I don't think you'll get those done tonight, will you? Probably not. Probably not. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, but I, you feel you feel a certain. Uh, I mean, people like you who run for office, you feel somehow convicted to call each one of them back and give them an answer, don't you? I mean, yes, it's like I do because it's to me, it's a service. I mean, 
Um, our founding fathers did the same. They sacrificed so much more than we have to sacrifice today, but it's coming back to that. You know, and I think of, I'm, I love history. And um, I don't know if y'all, y'all probably know this, but do y'all know which president served as president? And then after he served his time as president, went back into the United States Congress? Oh, wow. Hold him. Yeah, I can't remember which one it is. It was John Quincy Adams? It was John Quincy Adams, which in yes, my view, right. I think he was probably one of the most intelligent uh, presidents we've ever had. However, is that uh, number three? Six. No. Six. He was six president. And um, he went back into the United States Congress. Do you know why? So no. he can impeach, impeach Jackson, right? No, he, well, he <laughs> did want joking. to. But he wanted to go back into the uh, Congress so he could do away with slavery. Yeah. And yeah. he died on the House floor. You know who carried him out? What? You know, he died on the House floor. As no. He had a brain hemorrhage on the House floor, passed out. He died two, late, two days later in the Speaker's office. Wow. But do you know who carried him out? Huh? Abraham Lincoln. Oh, my goodness. How about and he was a, this he is was the kind of history of Abraham Lincoln. So, you know, when I was a kid growing up, they showed me a video of FDR throwing eggs and milk on the ground. They never taught me any of the great stuff, you know? Yeah. No. Um, well, I want to give one other plug here for all of them. Uh, there is one more forum, and it is in person tomorrow. Well, some of us are there at the Oklahoma City 912 Project. And this is right? for all the state GOP chair candidates. And vice chair. And oh, now, Van, go ahead and plug yourself. That's true. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, David Van's been so polite. He is running for state GOP vice chair. Yeah. And like a polite diplomat, he's just acted like nothing mattered to uh, him. I really uh, wanted to say, in bachelor number three, what would you say? <laughs> if I were a popsicle, no. And and let's, let's also um, mention that we're we're talking about all of this because the Oklahoma State Convention is this weekend. Yes. Where? In Oklahoma City. Give the details, guys. Somebody. For oh, the low price of $45, you can attend as well if you were made a delegate by your county convention. <laughs> so so that is the gala with um yeah, yeah Friday night's the gala, and then Saturday's the convention at the Oklahoma City Convention Center. Yeah, right. So, okay, so where can they find out the event, uh, the uh, information to uh, get there? Uh, OKGOP.com. Yeah. All the information should be out there on the website. Yep. Excellent. Yep, yep. and Excellent. you can pre-register. All the links are right there. You can do that, and they can even take credit cards. So... <laughs> So, uh, John Bennett, I, I continue to be impressed with uh, your answers and your service, of course, is just, you know, I'm not worthy that routine. And so, uh, but uh, uh, any parting shots before uh, we uh, beam you out of here and then talk about everybody later? <laughs> yeah, I, I will leave you and, and all your listeners with, with this thought. And, I, and I, this is not just some kind of campaign slogan. I, I really believe our republic is in danger. Um, and if we don't stand and fight for it now, we won't have any freedoms to fight for tomorrow. We've yeah. got to stand and fight uh, for this republic. Yeah. We've got to lock arms at the gates of freedom, and we've got to put freedom back on the offensive where it belongs. Beautiful, baby. 
John Bennett running for state GOP chair. We're going to beam you out. You ready? Ready. There you go. All right, we're beaming him out. There he goes, John Bennett, running for state GOP. Thank you very much for being here, John. Appreciate you very much. You bet. Wow, we got the production just – are we killing it? With the, we're beaming them in. We're beaming them out. Hey, what a show, guys, huh? Yeah. What an incredible show. Yeah. Anybody hate it? Hold them? No. It no, wasn't constitutional. It's, it's, I know that. <laughs> well, trust me. There's there's stuff in the works in the, in the wings that's that's not being seen. That I just know you know. the first answer is well, it's not constitutional. There you go. Well, and I'm like, know, it was rigged. My answer is always, yeah. it's rigged. Someone well, rigged this, it. But this is this is the hope is that through our show and through the work that that I, that Lori and I are doing over at constitutional grounds and and other things like this that people are starting to get a handle on what it means to be constitutional. And we can get more people mm. like that into office, whether it be party office or, or in, in full, you know, yeah. legal office. And, mm. um, and, and that's where it's all comes. Sometimes we do have to talk politics, yeah. you know, man, what do you think? Uh, yeah, you know, I got a few surprises tonight uh, from, you know, several of them. And uh, it's interesting, you know, my concerns are about the finances. Um, I love getting grassroots candidates, but can they raise money? And historically, that's kind of been the Achilles heel. And but I so, thought I made the point. The reason that's the Achilles heels because they're scared shitless of raising money. They're literally like I can't. I'm not like I'm a, I, I've got like a kid and three hundred dollars. You know what am I supposed to do? Get the ethics commission yeah. to pound me because yeah. I had yeah. some guy come in and donate a catering service. Yeah. When I yeah. ran for mayor, I mean, I'm scared to death. I had a libertarian candidate call me and say, "Hey, da da da." And I said, "Man, I'd love to help you." And he says, "Da da da ethics." And I was like, "Look, I'm not gonna." You know, I acted like it was no big deal, and he ran like hell because he was scared. Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, that's yeah. the problem right there. And They're I afraid just, of the regulation. That's why I ask Oldham, isn't the Ethics Commission just like a license? It's the same damn thing. Well, it's, it, it, it is on the one hand, but it, it is because what they are doing is they're overstepping their bounds. There is no, there is no need to have public, to make public, the amounts of all of this of these donations absolutely mm. none the thing is in a free society in a constitutional society dark money means nothing dark money okay yeah. and and the thing is i use this, light brown money but go ahead <laughs> well, well but but the thing is that this dark money means nothing because because the the what's in place is all are all the teeth and 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 things necessary to keep uh, bribery and kickbacks and all of the extortion and everything to keep it out of politics. And if yeah. we've got that going on, if we've got government doing what it's supposed to do, then you know what? We don't need to worry about who's paying for what. Yeah. All right, Van. Yeah. I would want to say, you know, there's six of us who have put our names out there for these two party offices. And I've had great experiences with all the other five, and I want to commend each one of them for uh, a positive race. Now, that doesn't mean we didn't have fired up supporters here backing us that were <laughs> sniping at the opponents, you know, but uh, right. uh, 
you know, we'll talk on the road after we've given our speeches. Charles Ortega and I spent a lot of time. I've talked quite a bit with uh, Shane Jemison. You know, why why couldn't we get Ortega on the show tonight? What happened? Well, I don't. You know, I think he gave me his number. At what point? Somehow, I didn't put it in my phone. I, I mean, Wednesday, I sent it to where I thought oh. it was supposed to go, and then yeah. I resent yeah. you sent me today. But, I mean, we're all about trying to get okay. – I, I, okay, go ahead. Here's what I get, and I finally got it, you know, this, just a, a few days ago, was the full delegate list updated for the 31st. And guess who didn't put their phone number on it as a delegate? <laughs> Charles Ortega. Charles? <laughs> Bummer you didn't have your phone number. I would have reached out to you personally on this. But no, Charles, Charles has been a fine guy to work with. But you know what? Abraham Lincoln, I think, said it. You know, anybody can handle some adversity. You want to test a man's character, give him power. We'll find out whoever gets elected after they get elected and have power and authority. That's when you start finding out what you really got. So, so here's one of the things I love is that there are so many people vying for seats and that so many more people, including myself, know about these seats that are being vied for. What I'm saying is I used to be one of the uninformed electorate and then Dewey Bartlett Jr. pissed me off and then I became informed. So now I know these people, Jenny Wyatt, Christine LaVirifon. In John Bennett and then you guys. Yeah. Okay, so it's like um, the people are becoming me included. The people are becoming more informed. And that's why you have multiple people running for state GOP chair. And, and now I wonder, and I'm trying to open a can of worms, but there are some people that... They don't. They want everybody to just serve McDonald's hamburgers. They don't want a lot of people serving up burgers. Okay. And so what I'm saying is the fact that we see multiple people running is a good sign. It means that the the lower that the, the, the community is now becoming the informed electorate, just like I did. Yeah. And so I think multiple people running is is good. Uh, I like each of the candidates we had on tonight for different reasons. Yeah. Really, Jenny White, Christine Leverifon, and, and John Bennett. Now, you know, I mean, I'm saying all these people have great things. And I'm going to ask you guys to fill us in as we finish off tonight uh, to find the common thread candidates but before i do let's not forget you're listening to an amazing event 3d politics every monday night for more than two years with the words david van and david oldham david van from sooner constitutional grounds.com and me your verbal viking from verbalviking.com so every week we bring you all the best stuff I bring these two experts on to inform me tonight. We had three uh, exciting candidates for state GOP chair. Can you guys find some thread that puts it all together that uh, I've got mine? Where, where do you think they're all combining? Either one of you guys. Well, I can, I can say having gotten to know each and every one of the candidates, much less so Charles, is everybody cares about the, the Oklahoma GOP. Um, the, the real question is, how are they going to go about doing what they want to do. I don't think that there's a, that there's a question that people don't care. 
the the thing is for people to decide on Saturday is which one agrees with the way you think you want to get things done and and is going to do what you want to do and then and then no matter which one ultimately wins we all need to get together and and make make fix the things that we think we got to fix and but work together ultimately everybody's yeah. got to work together yeah, and i, I love, love that line you know and that's the where the contest starts for those of us who are delegates and those of us who have a republican voter registration is how soon can you put things back together so the parties speaking with one voice and feels included in the party right yeah all right guys yeah, man, that's some really good stuff. I think included in the party is part of the primary process. It's where I uh, have my issues, and that is that I didn't just jump into politics thinking I would be mayor in a day. I had great ideas for the Tulsa community, and I was robbed of presenting them because uh, you don't have the name recognition to win. I'm not trying to win yet. I'm trying to get my ideas in front of the public. Ladies and gentlemen, once again, here we are, 3D Politics. Let me set this up. <laughs> We've had an exciting show tonight. Three of uh, out of four of the state GOP chair candidates. I want to thank, of course, Jenny White, Christine Leverifon, and uh, John Bennett for showing up this evening, sharing their thoughts about the state GOP chair position in the direction of the Oklahoma GOP. And once again, uh, thank you, David Van, creator of SoonerPolitics.org. And of course, David Oldham, founder and scholar at ConstitutionalGrounds.com. I love you guys for being here, sharing your wisdom each time. We're going to beam you guys out. Here it goes. Uh, uh, we're going to send uh, David Oldham out. Good night, everybody. Here he goes, David Oldham. Thanks for being here. And, of course, David Van, creator of Sooner Politics. There he goes. Oh, I, you know what? I can't make you go. I have to do that, and then I have to remove you. That's and there you went. And now here I go.